This is Canary in a Coal Mine, a Yellowbird podcast. The show about underrated, sometimes peculiar, but mostly well-meaning ways we keep safe in a risky world. Hi, I'm Megan Trummel. I lead the marketing team here at Yellowbird. We've got a great episode today featuring Safepedia, the digital publication and network that connects with EHS professionals in a way that is truly impressive. But before we dig into that story with Safepedia's CEO, Scott Cuthbert, I wanted to thank you for being here and to ask you to share your stories with us. We're looking for new and fresh perspectives on the EHS and risk management world, emerging trends and topics, along with stories that we can learn from. If you would like to share, you can send in a voice memo or just send us a note to marketing at goyellowbird.com. We would love to hear from you. We have more great topics and interviews heading your way over the coming weeks, so stay tuned to more from Canary in a Coal Mine. Now, back to the episode. Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Scott Cuthbert. I'm uh, CEO and co-founder of, of Safepedia. And what does Safepedia do? We're an online publication for environmental health and safety. Everyone seems to have a unique origin story in the safety industry, and I really want to hear about yours. I was in construction, but more on the project control side of things. Whichever customer we were working with, you know, we kept kind of getting pulled into the safety department, and they needed the, they needed the information that we were gathering in order to help with their safety stats and, and the reporting that they were required to do to uh, generally the owner or the energy company that they were they were working for just from my superficial interactions with with uh, with safety you know realized that it was it was it was kind of a little bit behind the curve as as far as technology adoption goes and and uh, and community goes as well I think it was uh Relative compared to engineering or or finance, it was a uh, it was a relatively young and emerging industry. A lot of the, a lot of the people that that I got to interact with were voluntold at some point in time to be the the safety officer. They weren't necessarily they didn't choose it, you know, coming out of out of high school or, or college. So, um, just just with that and an interest in in environmental health and safety, I, I joined the safety committee with the Construction Owners Association. I sat on that committee for a couple of years as as more of a, I'll say, a technology expert than a than a safety expert. And I just I just listened to the conversations that were taking place kind of over and over and over again, and and I just kept hearing senior level people working for some of the largest energy companies in North America saying, you know, I wish there was one place I could go to get the information that I need or share the information that I've developed so that I could spend less time behind the, my computer monitor and more time, you know, in the field, working with the different teams and, and keeping people safe. And just driving home from one of those meetings, I was like, Safepedia, that's, that's the place that we can create to be that rallying point for for safety professionals and the content that they need to do their jobs as effectively and efficiently as as possible. Over the years, since that kind of initial inception point and that initial idea, like how how has it evolved, or or has it, or has it kind of stayed true to that original concept? That vision is is kind of like trying to boil the ocean, right? Like uh, to to be the one place 
to house all the content and you know all the legislation and requirements that safety professionals need would be multi-generational endeavor, right? So uh, definitely, you know, like fortunately for, for me, I was introduced to Corey Jansen, who was a co-founder of Investopedia. And of course, he had a ton of, of, of publishing experience and, and uh, technical expertise. And so he partnered after uh, a few conversations, you know, partnered with, with me and Jamie to, to, to launch Safepedia. So we had that publishing background or experience and platform that we needed. I'll say it wasn't as fulfilling as I think we had hoped, you know, to be pushing out content. It was a one-way transmission. Uh, you know, we had 150,000 people coming to our website every month. Uh, we had hundreds of people coming to the webinars that we were hosting. So so it, it was gratifying, but it wasn't really fulfilling. And And so in 2019, we started talking about how do we get back to that original uh, idea of harnessing the collective genius and being that rallying point or online rallying point for for safety professionals? That's when we came up with the idea for Safety Connect, our, our annual virtual conference. And so uh, we launched it in 2020. And I'm sure anybody who's heard me talk about it has heard the story already that we thought we were going to be the first and only online uh, virtual conference. And, and of course, COVID disrupted everybody's lives, and, and uh, we were just one of many that year. We believe that it's, it's, a, it's a platform and a, and a venue or a medium that anybody can access and anybody can participate in. So we're committed to, to keeping that virtual conference going. Uh, but, but back to your question, it was like, that was kind of what we envisioned, I think, when, when, we first, when I first thought of Safepedia, was, was more of a community, people coming together, connecting, collaborating sharing experiences, providing advice, asking questions. So so that's really inspired us to to revisit what we're doing and kind of get back to that community. Do you feel like the community that you've built and the community that was kind of already there to begin with, this this group of safety professionals, people that are passionate about that field and that industry, do you feel like you see the cutting edge of the the trends that they're experiencing or seeing? Do you feel like you you kind of see those almost develop from a baby moment or a, a seed planted to kind of the next big thing in safety? Do you see that with your platform? I'd love to say yes, but I don't think we're we're quite there yet. I think we would certainly like to build and be part of that. But we're at an interesting intersection because because we work with a lot of the vendors. So uh, Honeywell or 3M or Moldex, the manufacturers of, of safety equipment. We work a lot with a lot of technology companies like Intellex and Aveda and and uh, Compliance Quest and 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 uh, Eco Online as as an example. You know, training companies and 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 consulting companies. So we see a lot of the, those intersections between where you know 3M or Honeywell or Moldex was a great example of. You know, when when COVID hit and people are wearing N95 masks on on a more regular basis, but they, they're getting more feedback. You know, my, my glasses are fogging up. It's not comfortable for me to have to wear this all day. And so we saw the development of their airwave mask, which was, you know, going to be more comfortable and wouldn't fog up your glasses. So we, we see some of those developments. We're in a position to help bring that information to to the community and and hopefully help 
um, you know, they, they, they can still select whichever N95s they like, but know what's available, right? And we see that with technology as well. Like I think safety, like I mentioned earlier, is is a younger industry than some of the other industries, and they still haven't embraced technology to the same extent that that finance or accounting or engineering has. So we, we're at a position where we can kind of see all the different technology companies, see the trends, and and ideally, uh, again, help help people get out in front of safety professionals so they can understand uh, what what their options are. And instead of hearing the clipboard and the pan around, they can they can ho- hopefully u- leverage that technology to make their lives easier and keep people keep people safe. You have such an interesting insight into the individuals within the safety field. Do you feel like there is a commonality of characteristics, personality traits, core values even that these safety leaders possess? Yeah, I, I, I love that question because I, I think that it's exaggerating a little bit, but it, it feels like you're you're born a safety person or you're or you're not, right? Like if if you're the type of person who cares about other people, right? Who will put put your own I'll say like popularity or your your own ego aside, you know, in order to make sure other people are safe. I think that's a, a unique skill set. Um, you know, I, I think it's changing. It, it, it seems to be changing quickly, which is which is great. And I think COVID, uh, I think we all wish that it would never have happened. But I think it also helped organizers realize how important that role is and, and how they should be listening to the safety professional. And they should be taking it seriously because I think a lot of people were talking about having having the proper uh, you know protocols in place to deal with something like COVID, and and then organizations weren't open to that. And when it happened, they're like, "Oh, I think I should give my safety professional more credit than I've maybe given them in the in the past." Right. So I think it's changing, but often it's been a thankless job. <laughs> it's it's been an overwhelming job. A lot of organizations claim that you know safety is their top priority or safety's number one, but the safety people within their organization are feeling unsupported or or undervalued, right? So I think that you need to be, again, a long long-winded answer, but I think you need to be a unique person, have a unique personality to kind of tolerate that again in order in order to achieve your end goal of of keeping others others safe. So. Yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, with the passion for safety that I think a lot of these professionals kind of, like you said, are born with or naturally have the challenges that they face in the workplace, my assumption being, and and as somebody who's never been a safety professional, my assumption is that there are the challenges that come along with that job, I think are oftentimes because it is counterintuitive to who their personality is. Like as a safety professional, I hear, you know, a lot about just that passion that you're describing and how they so desperately want to help people and make people safe. Of course, that's just inherently built into them, but how to communicate that, how to fight for it in a workplace environment that isn't necessarily built to support that effort a hundred percent of the time. Um, It seems like that would be a challenge. I wonder how, how, Safepedia and how others can support that effort to help guide them within that challenging space. Yeah, no, I, I again, one of the things that we're we're working on is is we after Safety Connect, we we started having kind of monthly, again, virtual meetings and and bringing people in and asking questions and 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 uh, really trying to get 
their feedback on what we could be doing better, what we could be doing more more of or less of or more efficiently or effectively. And that coming together to support each other, I think is is key. So we're 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 actually in the process of, you know, working with with a group of folks who've been with us through Safety Connect, either all three of them so far or even just one or two, and, and we're saying, hey, how can we do Safety Connect differently this year so that we can keep that conversation going throughout the whole entire year, that you don't need to wait for those three days in October to come together and network and, and collaborate. And, and there's tons of tools out there. There's no shortage of tools, like, but um, so many of them are cluttered uh, with, with spam or salesy content or self-promotion, and so we want to kind of start with a clean slate and be pretty restrictive as to how pe- people can participate and make sure that I think the most important thing to, you know, to your question is it, enabling safety professionals to support each other rather than us trying to say, oh, hey, we know what you need or we know what you need to do. It's, it's, I think it's, it's way more valuable, way more important for them to come together and support each other and share their experiences and and learn from others' mistakes, but learn from others' successes, and and the rising tide right lifts lifts all boats. And I think if we all come together, we can we can raise that tide up pretty significantly. In terms of trends, when it comes to the safety industry, are you seeing specific things that continue to pop up? Obviously, we we talk a lot about AI, generally speaking. You know, not just in safety, of course, but throughout every aspect of our lives. But are there are there other trends that are standing out to you when you have conversations with either that independent safety professional or bigger companies at large that are just dealing with safety concerns? Yeah, I, I think definitely from a technology perspective, um, and I didn't, you know, talked about some of the software companies, but there's some IoT companies like the Make You Safe as an example that that we've done some work with over the years that. That, that you know the wearables are 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 starting to again uh, become a little bit more prolific in in the industry and 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 again help collect really valuable data and insights to keep keep people safe. Uh, I think g- generally what I've seen is is you know th- there is there is more focus on total worker well being if if I can if I can use that that term um, but. You know, ergonomics and and mental health, uh, things that we weren't necessarily talking about, you know, ten plus years ago, are now now really significant and important. And we we see that from a content perspective that that those sorts of topics are becoming more and more um, important or significant in in our in our publication. So I I think that it's great that uh, they were seeing people as individuals, and we know that it isn't just about Keeping that tool from you know falling off the scaffolding and hitting them in the head, but all their whole well-being, and you're in a better state of mind, and you feel more secure. You feel uh, more, I don't want to say protected, but um, more respected by your organization. Then you're going to go out and do a better job, and you're going to be a safer individual for your your coworkers as as well. So, do you pose a, a lot of questions to the pros on your platform? I, I ask because. I- you know, we've been trying to, with this podcast, allow our guest speaker to ask a question, pose a question to our pro audience, something that you're interested in hearing from their perspective. I was just curious if you had a question that, that maybe you'd like to have answered by our, by our audience. Yeah. One of the, one of the areas that I've been 
say taking a special interest in is is um career career development and i think you know the, the partnership of yellowbird obviously um you know maybe uh, people are seeing how it falls falls together with safepedia but like I mentioned earlier, a lot of safety professionals that have been around as long as I have were voluntold to, to, to fill that role. Uh, one of off on a little bit of a tangent, but a, a, one of the largest electrical contractors in 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 Canada, there's you know two guys sent to a job site 25 years ago. One of them was told you need to be the project manager, and the other one was told you need to be the safety officer. And he's he's won awards and he's accomplished unbelievably. Uh, amazing safety records, and and he's always you know, at the top of of the industry, and always looked upon as a, as a leader within the industry. But he he never intended, you know, to to be a a, a safety uh, safety professional or safety officer. And so, there's a lot of folks who found themselves in that kind of a role in that kind of capacity, and I think they're asking themselves, and or I would like to ask them, like, what are you thinking about career, you know, advancement or career development? Because again, if you're an engineer, that there's there's a logical hierarchy within an organization, and and there is a path to the C-suite. If if you're on the accounting side or human resources side or operations side, there is a there is a logical path, uh, you know, again to, to the to the C-suite in most organizations. I would like to see that for for safety. Um, I'm not I'm not sure we're quite there yet, but what I'd like to ask people is, do they feel like you know, there is a clear career path for them, or are they having to kind of go out and reinvent themselves, or or kind of push through those those glass ceilings in order to achieve the level of success or advancement that they're that they're looking for? We need to rally for that chief safety officer role throughout all of the industries yeah, out absolutely. there. So I love that you brought you brought to mind uh, another question I have for you, which is you're in a unique position. You're based in Canada but you work with a lot of US-based companies and professionals and safety in those two places is different. Regulations are different. Um, regulatory oversight is different. So can you can you tell me a little bit about any, I guess I'm really curious as to what challenges you see in that kind of crossover space, um, opportunities for either side uh, and how and how you kind of have a unique perspective on that. Yeah, I I think that's and, and I'll zoom out, you know, a little bit further because we have we have a lot of uh, audience members that are that are in in uh, Europe and Africa and you know and the EU all over all over the globe, right? So I think that Canada and the U.S. are are similar in that there's there's so much at least again from my perspective in the my my background, so many of the companies didn't. Did work in in both Canada and the U.S. and and they're either a Canadian company that did work in the U.S. or U.S. that did did work in in Canada. And so you have to be very mindful and aware of the different legislation and the different standards. And so, not I wouldn't say all the time, but a lot of the time in the U.S. is bigger. OSHA is huge, you know, huge organization, and and so a lot of times those OSHA standards would be the default that we would that we would start with in in Canada or work with. And there's a lot of situations where I think we could we're smaller and more agile. We could kind of push past some of the bureaucratic maybe legislation that that was in place. But I think 
you know, more importantly is that, that like Australia and Zealand and the UK, uh, as, as an example, are much further ahead than we are. It's much more of a cultural um, adoption within, within a lot, lot of other organizations than it is in, in North America. So I think we should be looking to some of those other countries or geographies where they are a little bit ahead of us, and, and we could definitely learn from them. Sounds like a great topic for a next podcast. So we'll have to get our <laughs> yeah. friends from across the pond over here to talk to us about some of their regulation recommendations and what they see. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for your shared perspective on this. And we we love working with Safepedia and thankful to have you guys as a partner. Yeah, us, us as well. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me and uh, look forward to our continued partnership with uh, Yellowbird. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned for the bonus episode where Yellowbird pros sound off on Scott's question about career advancement. Thank you to our Canary Club partners, AIHA, Veriforce, Safepedia, Safety Talk Ideas, Columbia Southern University, Soil Connect, Billy for Insurance, Salute Safety, and Insperity.